وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ And of His signs, of His miracles, أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ That He created for you, meaning for you, O people, مِنْ أَنْفُسِكُمْ From yourselves, meaning from you, human beings. Allah has created for you from human beings, azwajan, spouses, mates. Meaning your mates, your spouses are of your kind. Min jinsikum, min naw'ikum. They're of your type, of your species. Human beings. Min anfusikum azwaja. What does this show to us? That people are from each other. People are basically the same species. We are different in our, maybe in our color, in our languages, in our backgrounds, in our strengths. But still, we are one. Why? Because our origin is one. And remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Hawa from Adam. Min anfusikum azwajan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not create Adam السلام, from different mud and Hawa from different mud. So there isn't any male species and then a female species. No. It's all the same. Man and woman are from the same. Min anfusikum azwaja. And this is why there is no need for any rivalry between human beings. Females against males or males against females. This is unnatural. This is unnatural because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created min anfusikum azwaja. He created spouses min anfusikum of the same type, of the same kind. And notice how it is said over here, أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا Azwajan is a plural of زوج. And what does زوج mean? زوج is one of a pair. One of a pair. Tell me something. If you go to a masjid, alright, you put your shoes on the shoe rack, and then you go inside to pray. On your way out, you find one shoe, and you cannot find the other shoe. You have one shoe, and you cannot find the other shoe. That one shoe that you found, are you going to take it home with you? Will you take it home with you? Why not? It's useless. Why is it useless? Is it because it's broken? It's ripped? Somebody cut it up? Why is it useless? Because you cannot use it. It's incomplete. So it's not functional anymore. Because it's incomplete. Even though it may be brand new, it may be in perfect shape, but in and of itself, that one shoe is useless to you. Let me make this more easy for you. If you have a pair of socks, one sock gets a hole in it. What good is the other sock? What good is it? It's useless. Right? My point over here is that zawaj, marriage, what does it do? It completes, it completes the human being. You know, it's very sad that just because we have seen a marriage fall apart or we have seen that somebody is not happy in their marriage, we think marriage? Mm-mm, I don't believe in marriage. Marriage? I'm not interested. Doesn't work. Not ready for such a commitment. I'm not ready for such a you know, so much difficulty in my life. I'm happy as I am. No, you may be happy as you are, but really, the completion of a human being is with a spouse. This is why the Prophet ﷺ got married. 
And he said that an-nikahumin sunnati. It is from my sunnah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created min anfusikum azwajan. He has, you know when Allah created Adam alayhi salam, even before Allah sent Adam alayhi salam to Jannah, who did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give to Adam? Who? A companion, a spouse. Because without a spouse, Adam would be lonely. You understand? We need each other. We complete each other. We complement each other. So min anfusikum azwaja. Remember, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have created people independent of one another. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created a healthy dependency amongst mankind. What is that healthy dependency? That the fulfillment of one's needs are placed in who? In the other. So a man is incomplete without his wife. And a wife is incomplete without her husband. Zawaj, marriage is what completes the man. Marriage is what completes a woman. You know, sometimes we think marriage is very important for girls. No, marriage is also very important for boys. Or it's the other way around. Right? So it's necessary. Or sometimes we think marriage is only for pretty girls. Marriage is only for successful boys. Marriage is only for, you know, people who are very outgoing. People who are very social. No, it's for everybody. You know, the Prophet ﷺ, I've told you the story before also. There was a, a Sahabi and he was physically disabled. Right? He was physically disabled. And the Prophet ﷺ used to show him so much love and care that just as a joke, the Prophet ﷺ at one point he went and he grabbed him from the back and he said, who's going to buy him from me? And what did he say? That I'm so useless, nobody's going to want me. And the Prophet ﷺ told him that, no, you have value. And the Prophet ﷺ actually got him married. And this story, inshallah, of his marriage, we will learn in Surah Al-Ahzab. So, we think marriage is only for certain people. No, it's the right of every human being. It is. We think that marriage is only for people who are successful in worldly terms, who are maybe physically healthy, physically attractive. No, it is for everybody. Even people who may have some kind of sickness, who may have some kind of illness, it's amazing how marriage can transform them. It can bring so much joy and happiness to them. It can really make them forget their problems. I'm not saying marriage is a solution to every problem in life, okay? But what we need to understand is that marriage is a part of life. It is a part of life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created it. He hasn't just created spouses, He's also legislated marriage in the law that He has revealed. So there you go. It is created, alright? And there's shadari proof for it also. And remember that there are certain things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows to happen, but it's not necessary that He loves them. But the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands, what do we learn about those things? Allah loves them. So min anfusikum azwajan. So I don't want to hear anybody say again, I don't like marriage. I don't like this concept of marriage. I don't want to get married. Wamin ayatihi an khalaqalakum min anfusikum azwajan. Why marriage? Litaskunu ilayha. So that you can find sukun to it, with it, towards it. Sukun from Sakana, seen kaf noon, sukun is to become still, to become calm. Alright, it's the opposite of haraka. Haraka to move and sakana to become still. 
And sakana ila is to take rest, alright, with something, to get pleasure with something. So litas kunu ilaiha. He has created for you spouses. Marriage has been created for what purpose? For the purpose of sukun. What does this mean then? Marriage is a means of sukun. Spouse is a means of sukun. Allah created spouses so that you can find sukun in them. What does it mean then? That the sukun, the calmness, the pleasure, the happiness, the joy that a person gets through marriage, can it be obtained without marriage? Seriously. We think, you know, love and all of this is only for Hollywood or Bollywood. No. This love has also a place in our religion. Okay? And it's something that we need to appreciate. We need to understand and we need to appreciate. Because anytime love and marriage is mentioned, we think, oh my God, wrong, don't talk about it. No, it's mentioned in the Quran. Allah is telling us, لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا Alright? So let's have a healthy discussion over here. Okay? So, لِتَسْكُنُوا Lam over here is for illah. It is for reason. Meaning the reason why Allah created azwaj from you is so that you can get sukun. Which means that if it wasn't for this zawaj, you would not have sukun. Which means that through marriage you get a sukun that you cannot get without without marriage. Okay. If you're hungry and you say, let me sleep. You're hungry and you say, you know what, forget it, I'm not going to eat anything, I'm going to go sleep. Is that going to help you? Is your sleep going to help you? It's not going to help you. If you're thirsty and you keep eating, which many of us do actually, we're actually thirsty and what we do is we go and eat one thing, then we go eat another thing and we're like, what's wrong with me? Why am I so hungry? Why do I have all these cravings? It's simple, you're thirsty, you didn't drink water all day. Right? So if you keep eating, is that going to quench your thirst? It's not going to quench your thirst. So we need to stop fooling ourselves. We need to be honest with ourselves. Marriage is a need. It brings sukun, which cannot be obtained without marriage. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created marriage for a certain sukun. And what is that sukun? Intimacy, closeness, friendship, joy, happiness, tranquility. Now, in this ayah, Primarily, you know, from the words of the ayah, we see that primarily the address is to men. لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا Ha is she, her. So it refers to the wife. Okay? Meaning the husband finds sukoon in the wife. Now this doesn't mean that the wife doesn't find sukoon in him. No, it's both ways. Alright? Now, but here, this is something important that we need to understand. Because many women don't really understand how men work. Okay? How men function. Look at the word sukoon. لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا which means that without the wife, the guy is in sukun. How is he? Restless, agitated, until he is with her, until he gets to talk to her, until he, you know, does a brain dump. You know, basically puts everything that's going on in his head in front of her. Or vice versa also. Because there are certain things that you cannot talk about even with your friends. You cannot talk about even with your parents. You cannot talk about them even with your cousins. Right? There's a certain kind of closeness that you need with an individual so that you can share your inner feelings with them. Your deepest thoughts and your deepest beliefs with them. 
You can share your ideas with them. And you don't reach that level of comfort with anybody else. Again, don't get me wrong. Don't think that I'm saying marriage is the solution to life's problems. No. It is a solution, not the ultimate solution. So don't think of it as, well, I know such and such person, marriage didn't work out for them, so what is this? No. Marriage can work out, and it's also possible that it doesn't work out. Okay? So anyway, لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا means that he is agitated, he is restless until he is with her. And mind you, this is not just sexual, but emotional and mental decompression also. Alright? The husband needs his wife. And this ayah, sadly, many women when they read this ayah, they're like, hmm, are we just objects of pleasure? You know, this ayah, seriously, it shows to us that women have been created desirable. Really. Women have been created likable, lovable, needed. This is your feminine power. It's not your weakness. It's your feminine power. It's your feminine strength. You have been created needed by someone. You have been created such that someone is desperate for you. They need you. This is strength. Women have been created desirable. And there's no weakness in being desirable, in being likable. It's a strength. So use it positively. لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا Marriage is meant to be a source of sukoon. And if marriage does not have sukoon in it, then how could that marriage work? You understand? If the guy is coming home after the whole day, and the wife is more angry than him, okay, she's more upset than him, is he going to find sukoon there? No. If he doesn't find sukoon in the house, he's going to try to find sukoon in the TV. He's going to try to find sukoon in some coffee shop at night, even though drinking coffee at night is not the best idea. Right? He's going to try to find sukoon through socialization, through other things. And it's not going to bring that sukoon. Remember the example I gave you earlier? If you're hungry and you go on drinking water, if you're sleepy and you go on eating food, it's not going to satisfy you. You're going to remain agitated. You're going to remain uncomfortable. You're going to remain angry. You're not satisfied. So, لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا Now over here, we also see that primarily, sukoon in marriage is through who? Through the woman. And this is something well known, that it's generally the women who set the mood of the house. Isn't it? So, dear women, myself included, each and every one of us needs to understand our role in the family. In the family... What is the role of a woman? She is the source of sukun. She is the source of sukun. Even when others are mad? Yes, even when others are mad. Because sometimes what happens is that we'll be happy if others are happy. And if they're upset, we'll be more upset. If they're moody, we'll be even more moody. What do we understand? لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا If the guy is going crazy because of what's going on at work, he'll only find sukoon when he goes to who? To her. And when he talks to her. When he spends some time with her. لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا So a woman is meant to be the source of sukoon in the family, in the household. Even when others are mad. Don't accept it any other way. The Prophet ﷺ said, Should I not inform you about your wives in Jannah? The women in Jannah? Then the Sahaba said yes. And the Prophet ﷺ said, They are walud. Walud. Okay? Walud meaning who have children. 
Wadud meaning those who are very loving. When she is angry, and she can get angry, when she is angry or mistreated, or her husband is angry with her, meaning no matter what's going on in the family, she says to her husband, my hand is in your hand. I will not sleep until you are happy. The woman sets the mood in the house. Even if he's angry, he's upset, he's going crazy, he's stressed out, she is the one who can bring sukoon because she's got that feminine power. She does. She can act all happy. She can have a smile on her face. She can talk. She can be herself. And that will bring joy in that moment. Go ahead. Good question. She said that women are desirable, likable. How should a woman use that to her advantage? This hadith. No, seriously, if a woman holds her husband's hand and she says, I'm not going to sleep until you're happy. You think the husband's going to say, I'm still mad? Seriously, don't you see this in movies? Seriously, come on. All those lovey-dovey moments, right? We think love is only for Hollywood. It's only the haram type. It's not the haram type. Romance, halal love, it's an ayah. It's a miracle. You understand? It's an ayah. So keeping that love, keeping that you know halal love alive, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it should be kept alive. So وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ It is from his ayat. Anybody would like to answer her question by the way? I did my part. You see because the problem is that girls, you know when they get married, they're like, okay, everything's going to be perfect. And then the next day when things are not the way she dreamed of, he's not really Prince Charming, right? He's not really doing what she thought he would do. Uh, he's not really expressing his love the way she thought he would do. You know, she begins to think it's not going to work out or, you know, this is not love and so on and so forth. We have a very negative image of marriage, right? But you have to keep that marriage alive by bringing sukoon. Anybody would like to add anything here? Or am I the only one who has to do the awkward talking? Go ahead. You know, sometimes women just, you know how you said like the hadith or something where, you know, you hold up your men's hand and say, I'm not going to sleep until you find sakoon. Sometimes I think what happens is that when men come to work, women just jump on their men and want to just talk about the whole day. Okay, this is what happened. She said this, she said that. And then he's just, he needs his space too. So that we, I think what we need to do is also give them the space and like give them a mind of peace when they come home, not only to just jump on them right away. Yeah. Also one more thing, you know for example if there are two friends and one is being very mean to the other, what does the other say? Fine, be that way. You can't do that in a marriage. You can do that with your friends, you can't do that in a marriage. Especially the girl. She cannot do that. If she says fine, be that way, what's going to happen? He's going to be fine, I'll be my way. And this is going to create distance in the couple. It's not going to bring sukoon in the marriage. It's going to bring really, you know, a cold relationship to come about. So you can never be indifferent. You have to be interested. You have to show that you care about their relationship. This relationship is important to you. It means to you. This is my favorite topic. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, it's uh, everybody's favorite topic, especially girls. But we never admit it. 
Go and work now, children are grown up, they are going to the school, go and work. She said, no, my priorities are my children and my house. And I will survive in a less money, but my priorities are my children. Of course, there are four, five and six uh, ages of that. So she raised her children in a such a way, and that's how she brings the sukoon in the family. Because our priorities are not the same one, because we don't have the knowledge. Uh, house is on the second priority, job is on the top priority, education is, is definitely important. But we should know what is our priorities first and then we can bring the spoon. A lady will come at 6 o'clock from the job. How can she bring a spoon for the husband? She will be a torture for the husband. Yeah. Husband has to bring the spoon for her then. Yeah. I mean, even in situations where, for example, a woman has to work, right? She has family obligations. You know, she's got little kids. She's got so many things that are going on. Still, don't forget your husband in the process. Don't forget him. Because if you're not you know, on the same page, if you're not together, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be miserable, he's going to be miserable, and if the two of you are miserable, everybody's going to be miserable. Right? Go ahead. Bismillah, assalamu alaikum. If you feel like you want to talk back, or if you feel like your husband is getting angry, my advice is just you have to remember, I have to let it go because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, whoever leave something for the sake of Allah, Allah give him something better. Subhanallah, you will see that better few hours later maybe. So just let it go, don't talk back. I remember this Sheikh Wasim Yusuf, he was saying this woman, she called him and she said, Please tell this story. She tell him the story and she said, please share this story because I'm really sad. My husband, when he was alive, she said, I used to ask him to divorce me. Every time, divorce me. Whenever he come from work, divorce me, divorce me. One day he was just sitting and I was telling him divorce me and he was just sitting like this, divorce me. And she was like yelling at him. And he was not answering. He was just putting his hand like this. And then she shake his hand. What's wrong with you? Why are you not the person? And then he fall down. He died like that. So it's just, where is the sukun like that? So that's why sisters, so we have to remember, we're going to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And your husband is your friend. Don't take him like enemy or... Yes. You know, a little bit of conflict and divorce. Divorce. You know, indirectly, not even using the divorce word, but indirectly referring to it. You know, you have conflicts with everybody. Don't you have conflicts with your parents? Don't you ever get into a fight with your own brother, your own sister? You do, right? But do you say to them, indirectly say to them, maybe I should just, you know, cut off from you. No. You don't do that on every little thing. It's a commitment. Sukoon cannot be there if both are holding each other hostage you know with the threat of divorce divorce it could come and i wanted to mention this earlier that it doesn't matter what you're doing okay a woman could be you know could be at home without any job even maybe she's not working she's just got you know one kid three kids whatever but still she could be neglecting her husband 
We think that it's only women who are working, who are studying the deen, they are the ones who neglect their husbands. No, it's also women, stay-at-home moms who can possibly neglect their husbands. And it's very much possible that a woman who is working, a woman who is studying, she does not neglect her husband. So each one of us needs to think that in my situation, what are the priorities of my husband? What are the needs of my husband? What is it that is necessary for sukoon in the house? And that is what we need to pay attention to. I'm not saying that all the time it's got to be perfect. Yes, there are times when laundry is not done and the poor guy is looking all over the house for socks, you know, for clean clothes. It's possible. You are in the same boat. Right? It happens. This is part of life. This is normal. It happens. But overall, I mean, it shouldn't be a habit that every day you're running out of the house and the husband doesn't even get any breakfast. You're running out of the house and he doesn't even get any lunch. He doesn't even get any dinner. He doesn't even get any time to sit with you. Sukoon. Assalamu alaikum. You know, every man is different and has uh, different needs. Yes. And you have to understand about him, what makes him happy. And uh, when he comes back from work, it's uh, good to ask him how was his day. And then he starts talking and it releases so much of his stress. And, and you feed him, you know, uh, even if something little, a snack or so. And uh, after that, he has so much energy, you can make him do anything you want. <laughs> So that's what I want to say. Over there, mic behind you. As the sister said, uh, every marriage is different. And um, in Surah Al-Ankabut, we read like life has trials. And all our trials, a lot of them come with the people who are around us. They could be our parents, our relatives, our children, our husbands, our in-laws, whatever. So as the other sister said, if we deal with our relationships for sake of Allah and we forgive other people and we let go of things for sake of Allah, then we have more peace in our own self. Because husbands are not perfect and a divorce has been permissible. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a balance. Uh, When we talk about sakoon and rahmah and mawada and husband and wife being libas to each other, this is like we are talking about that's perfection. But ideal doesn't happen in one day. And sometimes ideal never happens. It could be a struggle. Like our life could be a struggle and Allah Ta'ala might find more ways for us to do things around it. Uh, That's what we are seeking. But if we do all the things for our children, for our families, for sake of Allah, then uh, for everything we do, there is reward in it. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's not going to be perfect, but you have to try to make it work. Over there. Assalamualaikum again but the thing not, I don't have an issue but it's like kind of like a, on the back of my mind it's just that men like boys they're said okay you do education and you can get a job and blah 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 but then girls are said oh you have to do education and you gotta know how to cook and clean and yada 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 and then so when my room is not clean my dad's like why aren't you cleaning your room and and if I was a guy, he wouldn't be yelling at me as much if I was a if yeah. I was not. I mean, that's cool. our cultural problem. I mean, there's so many guys who get houses and they don't even know how to mow the lawn, how to, you know, do basic things around the house, how to hang a picture on the wall or anything like that. For everything, there's an excuse. I mean, these are things that boys need to know about, right? You know, this is our cultural problem, okay? Yes. And even when it comes to cooking and cleaning, they can do it. But again... We have to be a little realistic over here also. You know, if the woman is staying at home, for instance, and the guy is working, it's not quite fair that when he comes home, he's expected to do everything in the house also. Right? 
So both, remember, marriage is about completing, complementing each other. It's not about fighting with each other. It's not a means through which we are trying to show that we are better than the other. We are superior to the other. No, it's a relationship in which both are helping each other. So we need to look at marriage as a positive thing, not a negative thing. So لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ And He has made بَيْنَكُمْ between you مَوَدَّةً Love وَرَحْمَةً And mercy. Go ahead. Bismillah. Uh, sister, I have a question. I think this question is you need a topic, big topic. Maybe we're gonna invite you in a topic one day. Okay. <laughs> it's about Somali community. We have a big problem about the marriage. Yikes! So young people, I, mean, I heard they uh, get married, and easily they get divorced. And I don't know the problem, but I heard that some uh, people are complaining about the parents. They saying that the children they are okay, but the problem coming from the parent. I don't know why. Especially the mothers. Especially the mothers. Right. You That's what they saying. Even though I don't believe some of them. Okay. So, so give us nasaha, nasaha, yeah. Okay. Give okay. them nasaha, please. Okay. <laughs> what we are studying over here is the ideal marriage, right? Because that is what we are striving towards. Okay. This doesn't mean that divorce is something evil. No, it's a way out that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. Right? So in many cases, divorce is something that is necessary. If two people are living together, but they don't have sukoon in that relationship, it's a means of torture for them. And it could be because of different reasons. They just don't get along with each other. Their preferences, their priorities in life are completely different. They're on two... You know, opposite sides, completely. So, of course, if they don't get sukoon in that relationship, it's healthier for them to end that relationship. So divorce in itself, remember, it's not something evil. Alright? But secondly, remember that once a marriage has been, you know, brought about, then the person must strive to improve that marriage, to make it work before quitting instantly. Right? And, of course, anything that is disrupting the sukoon, whether it is the interference of the family or it is any other issue that is disrupting the sukoon in this relationship, that issue should be addressed. All right? Whether it is the parents or it is the family or it is the money or whatever it may be, it needs to be addressed. I don't want to go into details of that because of course that's not the subject of this class right now. Each case is different anyway. All right? Go ahead. Last comment and then we'll move on. Assalamu alaikum. I think the subject that a woman should bring a sukun doesn't mean that the woman should do anything. As everything else we do in life that's important, we have to invest. And we need to invest in the relationship. And that is something we could do to invest and find a way that a man can help so that you don't have to do everything. So bringing sukun doesn't mean that you have to do everything and that's the only way you could get a sukun. Yes. You have to find a middle ground. You have to find a ways to invite the other bear. Otherwise, there will not be sukun for you or for anyone else. Sakala. Exactly. Now, you know, many times we think that as women we have to sacrifice a lot. 
right? We have to sacrifice a lot in order to have sukoon in the family. Recently I read this tweet by um, Mirza Yawar Beg in which he said that to sacrifice you must own it and get no return of any kind. There is no such thing in life. Everything has a return of some kind. So think investment. Sacrifice thinking produces arrogance because you consider yourself to be doing a favor to others. Investment is reality. No favor, humility. So in marriage, when you're doing anything to bring sukoon in that relationship, you're not doing a favor to the other. You're actually investing in their relationship so that who benefits? You and others. Right? So لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً And He has made between you love and mercy. Between who? You as in spouses. The husband and the wife. Or you as in you people. Mankind. That Allah has created love and mercy between a couple that is married. And Allah has also created love and mercy between people, human beings. And it's amazing. Between relatives, isn't there love and mercy? Parents and children. Right? There is love and mercy. There should be love and mercy between siblings too. Yeah, even between you and your brother, with whom you fight all the time. There should be some level of love and mercy, tolerance and compassion. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created all of us from one origin. Right? وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Now, what are these words? مَوَدَّةً and رَحْمَةً مَوَدَّةً is from the root letters wow, dal, dal, wadda. Alright? You know, for example, if a person wants to say that I really, really want, I really, really wish, he would say وَدِدْتُ وَدِدْتُ Meaning, I love, I wish, I really want, I deeply desire. And from this is the word mawadda. From the same root, the word wadud is actually used for a mare, meaning a female horse, that puts forth all her power for running. So just imagine, a horse that's putting in all her power for what? For running. This is mawadda. Love that makes you wish the best for the beloved. That makes you strive for the beloved. So there is an element of sacrifice, rather investment, Right? And mawadda, remember it's used for khalis al-mahabba, real, genuine love. It's not selfish love. I like, I want, right? I like his looks, I like his money, I like his car, I like his this, I like his that. This is all about who? You. It's selfish. Mawadda is such love that makes you makes you run. That makes you do something. It's not just, you know, a crush on somebody. It's not just, you know, falling in love with their looks. It's real, genuine love. So He has placed between you, husband and wife, love and mercy. Rahma. What is rahma? Compassion, pity, kindness, tender feeling. إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتِ لِقَوْمِ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ Indeed in that are signs for people who give thought. So do tafakkur. Hmm? Reflect on this bond of marriage. Now, sukun, mawadda, and rahma. Three things are mentioned over here. And notice how it is said, وَجَعَلَ Allah has created love and mercy between the two. Some say, some scholars say that mawadda is found in women and rahma is found in men. 
that women are very loving. Right? That just like that horse, that she will wake up in the morning when the husband is sleeping and she'll go down and cook and clean and everything and the husband is taking it easy. Right? What is making her do everything? So much investment in the family. You know, she's sacrificing her career. She's sacrificing her, you know, time with her friends. So that, because she's investing in the family. This is mawadda on the part of the woman. And they said that rahmah is in men. How? He goes and makes all the money and yet he's her chauffeur. And he's the one who's making the money and spending all the money on her, basically. You know, honestly, if you think about it, just imagine a man gets a paycheck, right? He's looking at all those thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars and then where is it going to go? This is going to pay the rent this month. Honestly, I think it's such a big deal. Can you imagine a big chunk of your income is going in what? Paying rent? For who? For who? For the family. Which house is it? The house that the wife likes. That she approved of. A big chunk of his earnings is going in what? Her clothes. Her fashion. Her shopping. Right? You know, she wants to travel. She wants to go different places. She wants to eat out. This is a big deal. If it wasn't for the mercy, compassion, and kindness that men had for their wives, they wouldn't give a penny. They wouldn't give a dollar. Really, they wouldn't. Because it's not easy to part with your money. It's not easy to spend your money on others all the time. But what do men do basically? They're spending their money on who? On their families. So acknowledge that. Appreciate that. Now this doesn't mean that women don't have rahmah and men don't have mawadda. No. This is just one interpretation. It could be in both. Right? So, وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً This love and mercy that exists between a couple, this is an ayah. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made this bond of marriage not just for sexual satisfaction, not just as a means of procreation, but also love and affection, kindness and care, comfort and security. And these are all essentials of a marriage. Essentials in a marriage, for a marriage to work. And also, وَجَعَلَ He has put, what does it mean? That Allah puts mawaddah and rahmah between a couple. Allah puts it. Because it's possible the two people are married and they have no love for each other. They show no mercy to each other. Why? Because they have been deprived of love and mercy. Allah did not give it to them. So if you find love and mercy missing in your marriage, ask who? Allah. Because وَجَعَلَ Only He can give. You know, it's very much possible that two people were deeply in love with each other and then when they got married, everything fell apart. They hated each other. That love turned into hate. Right? So, وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Somebody once told me that this is Allah's gift to a couple. When this contract is made between these two individuals, marriage in the name of Allah, right? Making Allah a witness, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's gift to the couple is love and mercy. But it is up to us to retain that love and mercy. It is up to us to nurture that love and mercy. Or we can discard it. But we have to try to keep that mawadda and rahma alive in marriage. Look at the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Aswad, he said, I asked Aisha radiallahu anha, 
what did the Prophet ﷺ used to do in his family? She said, he used to serve his family. When it was time for prayer, he would go out to pray. Now generally when we hear this hadith, we're like, see, men also need to do something. But before we start demanding from the other, let's think about what we have to do. Allah's help is with who? With muhsineen. So be a muhsin in your house. Be a muhsin in the family. Sometimes you might be the one who always has to do the groceries. And you might feel that it's unfair. You are the one who has to pick and drop the kids. You might feel that it's unfair. You are the one who has to clean the house. You might feel that it's unfair. But do it with ihsan for the sake of Allah. And the other will also start helping out. The Prophet ﷺ said that the best of you are those who are best to their families. So the men also have to do their part. Right? But this is a class in which we are all women. So this is why I'm going to talk about things that we kind of have to work on. Aisha anha, she said that I would drink water from a cup and I would be menstruating. So basically she narrated this hadith to show that when a woman is menstruating, her body doesn't become impure. So she said that I would drink and then I would hand the cup to the Prophet ﷺ and he would put his mouth where mine had been. Meaning he would drink from the same place. Alright? And then he would drink. I would eat meat from a bone and when I would be done, I would pass the bone to the Prophet ﷺ and he would eat meat from the same place that I had eaten from. This is love. Seriously, it's love. Real love. Mawadda. True love. Actual love. And we see this in the Prophet ﷺ. What do we do? Let's not get there. Okay. In another hadith, we learned that once the Prophet ﷺ came back from Baqir, from the graveyard of Baqir. And Aisha anha said that I had a headache at that time. And I was saying, oh my head, oh my head. Have you ever heard somebody complaining like that? Oh my back, oh my knees. Huh? Especially if you ask somebody to mow the lawn or, you know, clean the driveway or do something in the house, move some furniture, then maybe you'll hear such statements. Oh my head, oh my back, oh my this, oh my that. What do we do? Pretend like we didn't hear. Because that would mean I have to broom. That would mean I have to do the laundry. So pretend like you didn't hear anything. Right? Aisha is saying, Oh my head. And the Prophet ﷺ said, I should say, Oh my head, oh Aisha. You're in pain because of your headache? No, no. I'm in pain to see you in a headache. To see you having a headache. Yes. Aww. <laughs> this is love. You see, physical expression of love, right? Verbal expression of love. This is necessary. And the Prophet ﷺ said then, Aisha, it won't matter if you were to die before me, because I will take care of you. I would do the ghusl, and I would shroud you, put the coffin, and I would offer the funeral prayer for you, and I would bury you myself. You might say that talking about death, yeah, because death is real. It's going to happen. This is again showing with words, I care about you. I love you. And if you die in my lifetime, you don't need to worry at all. Because I'll take care of everything. Commitment. In another hadith, we learned that Aisha anha she said that once a necklace of mine fell at a certain place while we were traveling, 
And the Prophet ﷺ, he made his camel kneel and he dismounted. Why? So that everybody could go and search for the necklace of Aisha anha. And then what happened? Everybody's looking for the necklace. And the Prophet ﷺ, he was tired. So he put his head on Aisha anha's lap and he fell asleep. Imagine, he's not mad here. He's not upset here. That how could you lose a necklace? How could you be so careless? Right? He acknowledges it. God lost, God lost. Okay, people are looking. Let me take a nap. And where does he put his head? In the lap of Aisha anha. This is love, right? That I love you despite your silliness. Despite your carelessness. I still love you. And what happened? Abu Bakr anhu, he came and he hit Aisha anha. Father, right? Father is different. Father has to discipline the child. So he was upset with her. That how could you be so careless? You lost a necklace and now everybody's waiting. Everybody's getting delayed because of you. And Aisha anha said, I kept still as death because of the position of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Meaning I didn't move. I was as if I was dead. I didn't move. Even though I got hurt, she could have screamed at that time. You know, She could have started crying. She could have had the Prophet sallallahu wake up and defend her. Like girls generally do. Right? Dad, dad, so and so is not listening to me. Can you get that done for me? Right? Or the other way around. But look at Aisha radiallahu anha. She's so careful about the Prophet sallallahu She doesn't move even though she's hurt. Why? Because she wants the Prophet sallallahu to get some rest. This is love. In another hadith we learn, Anas bin Malik radiallahu anhu said that the Prophet sallallahu came to his wives and Umm Sulaim was with them. And Anjasha, the slave of the Prophet ﷺ, was driving the camels. So basically the wives of the Prophet ﷺ were on camels. And Anjasha, the slave of the Prophet ﷺ, he was driving the camels. He was making the camels move. And he was making the camels move, walk really fast. Okay? So what happened? The Prophet ﷺ said, Oh Anjasha, drive the glass vessels gently. So he's referring to the wives as glass vessels. Be careful, gentle. Hmm? So again, this shows love. وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Allah has created love and mercy between the couple. Keep that alive. Retain it. Make it grow. Don't destroy it. Good. Somebody said, نَيْكْ هُونْغِ تُو Okay. Yeah. Both I, I are, are righteous, then yeah. they'll be together. Allah will put to, uh, love between each other. I have two brothers. I have many brothers, seven brothers. One of the brothers who is Allah's conscious, when the wife cooks foods, he's still waiting on the table and to wife to come. When she comes, she put first morsel in her mouth and says, Jazakallah, and then they start food. The other brother said, what have you cooked? What have you cooked? So no, the Allah's consciousness is very important. Yeah, of course. Alright, notice over here now, three things are mentioned. Sukoon, mawadda, rahma. Right? Now, sometimes in some marriages, sukoon is what keeps the marriage together. Right? In other marriages, mawadda, love is what keeps the marriage together. And in other marriages, there's neither sukoon, nor is there mawadda. There's just simple, pure pity for the other. Seriously. Even that can keep a marriage together. It can. وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً 
So look for these three things because this is what keeps marriage together. Now, in this ayah basically, what is it that we are being told? That this love, mercy, sukoon, this marriage, you know, love between couples, this is a miracle. It is a miracle. And seriously it is because two people who don't know about each other at all, they just meet once, families introduce them, and then what happens? Marriage and then lovers. Seriously. Committed to that marriage. This is really a miracle. Like I mentioned to you earlier that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put these tender feelings within a couple because it's a human need. It's a human need. Marriage is not just for the purpose of sexual pleasure. It's not just for the purpose of having a family. It is for love, friendship, compassion, kindness, tenderness, all of these feelings which are essential for good health. Anyway, let's listen to the recitation of this ayah. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ 